Hey there, I'm Krista Vance, entrepreneur and operations leader. And I'm Matt Vance, award-winning author and social innovation researcher. We're your hosts of the Culture Profit Podcast. Your place for purposeful company culture strategy. Learn from HR pros, executives, and thought leaders how to prioritize profits by prioritizing people. This episode is sponsored by Mobrium, the best friend of forward-thinking HR leaders, helping you strengthen your employer reputation as a reflection of your real culture. Learn more at Mobrium.com. Welcome to the Culture Profit Podcast. I'm your co-host, Krista Vance. And I'm your co-host, Matt Vance. The Culture Profit is a podcast series obsessed with one question. How can culture drive greater profits? Joining us today is Scott Erickson, Human Resource Director at Campbell Scientific, an international leader in the measurement and control industry. Founded in 1974, Campbell Scientific designs and manufactures data acquisition systems for measuring weather, water, energy, soil, and so much more. Known for exceptional accuracy and durability, Campbell Scientific systems are used around the globe from the Arctic to the tropics, high mountains, and desert valleys. When doing some research, I saw that Campbell Scientific products are used by the Professional Golf Association for lightning warnings at premier golf events. Pretty cool. And the Panama government also uses their products to accurately measure the water level forecasting at the Panama Canal. Very impressive. Thanks for being here with us, Scott. We appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Thank you, Krista and Matt, for having me on. It's exciting to be with you. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, we want to get to know a little bit more about you. And uh, so Scott, he leads the Global Human Resources Department at Campbell Scientific, overseeing PEEP operations for over 700 team members across 15 global locations. Prior to working for Campbell Scientific, Scott worked as a regional HR manager at RR Donnelly for 24 years, leading the HR function for the Logan, Utah site, in addition to various regions in the Midwest, Northwest, Southwest, Nevada, and California. Scott started his career in HR working as the human resources manager for the J.R. Simplot Company during and shortly after finishing college. He holds a bachelor's degree from Utah State University School of Business in Human Resource Management with minors in economics and Spanish. Scott enjoys spending time with family, college football, reading, fly fishing, and traveling. And I'm sure we'll get to know you more here in our podcast today. So, and with that, we want to start it off by, um, we hear that you love to travel and, and we've heard that you recently got to go somewhere and we want to hear about where that was and what brought you to that place. Great. Yeah. Um, so for much of my career, it seems like I've worked in my travels, been around Utah national parks during UEA and spring break weekends with kids. But now that our kids are raised, we're doing a little more travel. And uh, most recently, this January, we spent some time in Costa Rica. And what took us wow. to Costa Rica was the, the geeky hobby of, of birding, which, uh, or bird watching, some may call it, that we really, really, really enjoy and was able to spend a, a week and a half down there chasing birds through the jungle and the cloud forest. And uh, that was just a wonderful experience. That sounds amazing. So what what was one of the top amazing birds that you saw? Boy, we saw so many, but you know, there's 
It's hard to beat the uh, resplendent Quetzal of the cloud forests. We were able to see some of those. And then in the uh, over on the Osa Peninsula in Corcovado National Park, which is a really remote place, we were able to watch uh, orange pollard mannequins dancing on their lek, trying to impress the the females and and that wow. was really fun too. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Very impressive. I like it. Yeah, I've definitely never seen an uh, orange. What did you call it? Orange. Orange collared mannequin. You've got to do it, Matt. Mannequin. <laughs> oh, orange collared mannequin. Okay, I, I'm writing it down right now. You would learn some dance moves. <laughs> That's exactly what I need. The family da dance parties, you know, get the disco ball out and, um, you know, turn on some, it's, you know, ballerina music at our house with little girls, but yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. I love it. So Scott, tell us why you chose HR as your career. That's a, that's a good question. I, you know, it's been so long ago, I can barely remember why, but I, I, as I was going to school, I, I knew I wanted to do something in, in business and and um, I'm I'm mildly competitive. And so I've in, always enjoyed the game of business and trying to win in the marketplace and the thought of, you know, companies and what they're trying to accomplish always intrigued me. And uh, the you know, you, you always hear people are the most important asset of the company and I think I, I grew into really believe that and and felt like human resources was a way to uh, influence the business to to help win in the marketplace and doing it through working closely with the most important asset of the company, which is the people. And I think even in a, our technologically driven environment today, that still holds true that people make the difference and and all of the activities that that play into helping you know, uh, bring people together into a, a strong culture that's productive and that innovates cool products and makes a positive difference in the market. It's very exciting. It's never boring. Uh, there's almost never one day that's just like the the other. So I think the variety and the um, and just the 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 fact that every individual that you meet changes your life in some way because you learn something from everybody. That's kept it fresh for the 33 years I've been doing it. I like that. You know, it's interesting, like having a culture of products, you know, services and people like what you were talking about. It's, you know, I I totally agree with you that people are the most important asset of a company. They they are the company. Unlike the saying, which came first, the chicken or the egg, like, like which came first, the people or the product. I've never heard of a scenario where the product came before the people because it's people creating the products. It's people creating the services. It's people, you know, even if the product is natural resources and it existed on the earth, the people are taking raw goods and putting it in a form where it can um, add value. So I think absolutely people first is it's critically important. Yeah. And you mentioned how you've believed that for a long time and kind of grown into that belief that people are the asset of the company. And I'd, I'd love to hear from your perspective, your many years of HR experience, how you feel culture drives greater profits, how it impacts the business in that way. Sure. That's a, that's a really, really good question because I think a lot of times 
when we think of human resources and some of the what we call soft skills, there's there's questions about how that links to profit. And um, you know, I, I I think we we tend to measure a lot of what we call people metrics here at Campbell Scientific, and there there are things like um, you know turnover and retention. Uh, Definitely, you know, revenue per uh, employee. Um, we 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 measure um, return maps on products and uh, net promoter scores from customers, employee net promoter scores from employees, and so um, I think as you as you think about how does the culture drive the product, or excuse me, how does it drive the profits? We have a we have a um, what we call a success cycle that we that we look at and calibrate with fairly regularly. And that success cycle, it has to start somewhere. And I think I think every company in some way, shape, or form tries to strike the balance between, you know, what are the needs of the customers, the employees, and the shareholders, and which comes first, and what do you prioritize? And if you're in difficult times, you know, which one gets first in line. And and our executive team, we have an amazing executive team at Campbell Scientific, and our CEO in particular um, has had this conversation with me that, that there's a fundamental belief that happy and engaged employees uh, produce amazing products and, and processes and services, which leads to happy and loyal customers and solid financial return, which then feeds and um, helps keep those happy, engaged employees happy for the long term. Yeah. And that, so, so the cycle for us starts with the employees and there's faith that it will lead to amazing products and processes. Customers will uh, feel better about, you know, spending their, their money on our products and having our products than keeping money in their bank accounts. And then that in turn gives us solid financial return that's reinvested back into the employees and the company. So that's, uh, you know, and, and if you look at every step of that from the net promoter scores to quality metrics to financial metrics, um, that culture can, can tie into all of those areas of profitability. I love the, the thought of it being a very cyclical process that, everything fuels the other parts of the business and i'd love to hear what that looks like at campbell scientific what do you what ways do you guys implement that um try and increase your employees happiness yeah um you know there's <laughs> there's so many ways and i would never i would never lead everybody to believe that everybody's happy every day as much as we try and as much as as, as we would like that to be i think humility and the sense of knowing that you can continually improve is probably at the you know one of the roots of a strong culture that you're you don't ever have it figured out or have it down but that you are continually trying to you know identify things that you can do better um you know some of the things that we do here that i think are are um influential on the culture uh, I know that our our 
our leadership team really strives hard to communicate with our employees. And it seems like, you know, every company that has problems, the problems usually come back to communication. But one of the impressive things I've, I've felt here at Campbell Scientific is that we, we have these employee huddles where we keep, we try to keep employees at the center of what's going on rather than at the periphery wondering what's going on. And our, our CEO takes a huge uh, amount of um, that responsibility upon his own shoulders to be out front and visible with the employees, um, keeping them informed about what's going on with the business. There's probably a lot of people that could deliver that message, but he, he likes to own that message and be accountable for that message. So he um, leans on others to you know, participate in those huddles but there's a strong sense of his leadership and his voice in those huddles so that uh, the employees are connected to the top of the organization. Um, questions are always welcomed and, and addressed. There's um, a lot of little things that are done here. You know, we, we, we strive to have a, a benefit package that's, that's uh, you know, focused on the well-being of our employees and their families. Um, that, that gives them less to worry about when they're not at work so that they they're taken care of and that's always a, a you know a balance with the financial side of providing those benefits uh, we do a lot of activities uh, with our employees we do things like midweek mingles to try to just pull away from work for a few minutes in the middle of the week bring people together in common spaces and you know share a short experience together and then go back to work and uh, those things can be powerful. Lots of training and development that happens. Um, I think one of the, the things that we try to do is try to choose leaders that see a, get a lot of personal satisfaction out of seeing other people grow. And we've tried to build our, our communication processes, our review processes around not only performance, but also engagement to have employees giving us feedback on how uh, engaged they are with the business and what their needs are uh, balanced with the performance reviews of where we you know talk about their performance and how they can strengthen and, and be a valuable asset to the organization so I think all of those things play into the culture there's you know golf tournaments and company parties and all the little things that most companies probably do in in some way but uh, I think I think leaders that have their heart into it, that communicate well, that um, that are interested in the growth and development of the employees. I think those are some of the things that are at the core of our, our culture initiatives. I, yeah, it's not always just derived from one thing, right? And the very first thing you mentioned was communication. And it sounds like Campbell Scientific has done a great job of just communicating to their employees that they're cared about. And I think that's huge. Yeah, it is. And, you know, one, my, I report to our chief financial officer and he said something once that really stuck with me. He said that, um, you know, whether, um, he said, when people come into your organization, they're going to, they're going to bring whatever culture they have with them. And that if you don't have a culture that assimilates them, then you get what you get. And, and other people have said, you know, that culture develops with or without conscious effort. And so, you know, we try to be intentional about our culture so that 
Um, it, you, you know, if you ask somebody how it feels to work at Campbell Scientific or, you know, what the, you know, what a day in, in the life of a Campbell Scientific employee is that you'll get a consistent message that it's a, a great experience. Because if you don't intentionally go out and create that, it'll, it'll rise up and become maybe something that you want, maybe something that you don't want. But, uh, but there's ways to influence it. And I think it starts with bringing in good people and, and uh, you know, getting the most out of them, allowing them to be their selves, but having some common language, some common principles um, that are uh, understood from the top down and the bottom up that everybody agrees to and 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 then living by those you know all the time um i think clayton christensen i he uh he was a harvard professor that died not too long ago he wrote a book about uh, how will you measure your life which is a really good read but he talks about the importance of principles and solid principles that you stick to a hundred percent of the time and that if you shift to 97 or 98 then they begin to erode. So hmm. anyway, those are a few thoughts. Like a great read. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. And one thing I wanted to emphasize from what you're you're telling us here, Scott, I, I loved how you emphasized the point of being humility or having humility and understanding that no organization is perfect, that not everyone can be perfectly happy in every any given moment. And then you went on to list several different attributes that are present in the Campbell scientific culture from communication to a, a well thought out benefits strategy to activities that can help link and foster positive relationships and, and hiring and promoting leaders who are people first and who care about the success and growth of others. But even with all that said, Maybe there's an employee of Campbell scientific listening to this exact episode and they say, well, I disagree with some of this. And what I've seen from helping lead other organizations through company culture transformations is you have to be intentional with that communication and sharing a almost like a roadmap for your culture of what you're doing now and what you're doing next to continue improving. And what that does is it puts the culture out there in the open for all employees to see. So whether they agree or disagree, they see, hey, our leadership team has done these things on this list and they're doing this thing next and this thing next. So I know these other things that you know have been bothering me, that's not their focus at this moment. But now I have a little bit of patience, a little bit of trust, a little bit of you know understanding and, and I'm more engaged because I see action being taken and it's being taken in a logical way where they're listening to employees and they're saying, hey, you know, Maybe it's the activities needs to be changed to be more inclusive of uh, remote employees. And that's a hot topic. Well, if, if that's surfacing to the top, then it gets addressed um, in the right order. So I, I just love that um, almost caveat to say, hey, we're not perfect because anybody who says that, you know, there's a problem underneath. Um, yeah. so I love how you started there. Um, that really said a, a lot and helped me feel even more confident with what you said to describe the culture. Yeah, I appreciate that, Matt. And your thoughts are very well articulated there. Um, when you talk about the roadmap, one one little thing that um, one of our mantras here is is that we do things that make a difference. The the technology, as you mentioned, that we that we build and sell that uh, sits 
you know, on top of Mount Everest and all the way into, you know, Death Valley and, and the far reaches of the world. Um, but the big the big thing on making a difference that that our CEO has exemplified. This is a this is a little booklet that he authored that is that I, I think is a really good roadmap worldwide, um, globally. What's the name of it, Scott, just for our, our listeners that don't see it's the screen. Make, it's called Making a Difference. Making a difference. Uh, our, okay. our circuits and source code for making a difference. So that's kind of our roadmap for how we make a difference in the world, but it's about it's about people and it has stories of the the you know the history of the company that started with some uh, people that you know dreamt like children that worked like farmers and that thought like engineers and and you know created a, a company with a few people out of a garage and grew it to you know go into you know 16 different countries and now we've you know acquired a couple of other companies and and but some of those same founding principles that came from that farming family uh the Campbells are what continue to drive us today that is fantastic and and That's quite really a legacy cool. yeah so scott um you mentioned that there have been some acquisitions in the more recent history of Campbell Scientific. Let's kind of shift gears and talk about that a little bit. Tell us how you merge company culture when bringing a new organization into the business. Like what do you intentionally change and what do you intentionally leave the same? Yeah, that is a, that is a really great question. And, I don't know that I have the complete answer, but again, I think there's some principles that we can um, fall back on to guide us as we're trying to do that right now. Um, you know, I think the one of the things we've looked at is our is our you know all th we we've got three companies here in the United States that we've brought together and that are I'll say they're they're a family of companies. Um, but they each have their their own products, their own customer bases, uh, their own employees, their own past, uh, their own culture that's developed. And and as we've as we've bought them and tried to bring them together, you know what you we, we've tried to I think allow them to maintain their own personality and their own um, their own leadership ideas. But we've also tried to bring together our um, approach. We haven't changed the company values of any of the three, but we've tried to find the common ground in the values and 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 looking for that common ground, trying to grow, you know, based on filtering our decisions through those values. Um, another thing we've we've done is we've we've looked at things like um, you know some of the culture and leadership training that we do we've tried to implement it more globally everything that we do in terms of benefits we're trying to shape it globally we're trying to have our compensation systems and plans uh be global and the the focus on that i think is the principle that we want to we want to to some degree win together and lose together um we we want to support those companies just like we do our own and 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 then we want success to be 
um, something that if we profit as an organization, we share that profit back with our employees. We continue to invest in, in research and development and innovation. Um, but we're still trying to figure that out. We, we, we know that we've got a lot of work to do. And, um, but I think, I think the, the one thing that I found so far is, is that when you go and you spend time together uh, eyeball to eyeball in a room and you and you work on the problems together it seems like more often than not you find out that you've got more in common than you do with differences and, and once you can uh, agree on that common ground then you work together to solve the problems and to try to become one so i like that it seems smart to not try to force all the the employees from different companies to assimilate into one you know value system or or any anything like that i mean i know with my personality i think i would kick back against that and and i think a lot of people would right but just focusing on those commonalities and then and and then eventually i think you just become more united over time as you just as you're focusing on that and you increasingly you know, I, I think adding the training, no one can really be upset about doing training and improving themselves. But as you continue to do that and improve, you become more unified over time. Yeah, great point, Krista. And, and you know, one of the things in, because I'm probably more connected to the human resources side of those acquisitions, but one of the things we've done that's a little bit out of the box, we're still a pretty a pretty small company all things considered. And so it's not like we've got a great big headquarters environment where you can have, you know, headquarters headcount that has every function figured out and that specializes in that function. But rather we've got a pretty small group of people that, you know, have a variety of skills. And what we've tried to do is we've tried to look at our collective group as one group of human resource professionals and leverage the strengths of the different people so that We've got, um, you know, people from one side of the organization that are not only doing their day-to-day -day and their site, but they're leading globally in functional responsibilities that they have good experience in. And I think by dividing up some of those functional responsibilities and having the, the leadership of human resources and the global decisions that we're making inside the U.S. and outside the U.S. coming from you know, different sites, I think that's helped bring us together too, because it's not one site controlling everything. There's a lot of delegation of responsibility and authority. And yes, we do have a headquarters, but it's just as small as all of the other sites. So we're working together to figure things out. And I think one of the, the you know, it's, it's as simple as can be, but FaceTime every week, and, and we use technology for that most of the time, but uh, making time every week for every single direct report and every one that's leading those functional teams to just calibrate and make sure we're we're moving down a path together and on the same page and based on the values and principles of the company that that's really helped us to I think accelerate our performance and and we're not there yet but we're we're we've got good traction and we're moving in a good direction. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that communication is key, especially when you're bringing entire organizations together to align on 
certain components of how you operate. So having that face time to strengthen relationships and increase trust, that also helps increase business performance as well. So I think that is, that's fantastic. Um, we're so glad that you could be here with us, Scott, to tell us a little bit more about your, your experience leading HR and what's happening at Campbell Scientific. Thank you for being here. And um, to all of our listeners, we're grateful for you joining us as well. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much. Thanks for Scott. having me. Appreciate your time, Krista and Matt. It's good to be with you. You bet. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Culture Profit Podcast and for being a part of our journey to prove that putting people first is best for business. Today's episode was sponsored by Mowbray. Want to get more employee reviews and streamline your employer reputation? Visit mowbrium.com. Now go find one way to prioritize your people and watch your profits grow.